happy Friday and welcome back to the Eyes Up Life podcast with me, Ben Granis. We are here talking all things Pat Foster today. And before we jump into a little bit on Pat, a little bit of background on Eyes Up. Eyes Up started as a 7,000-mile bike ride that I did by myself around the United States between August 2021 and wrapped up in September 2022. And the mission was to raise awareness for distracted driving, to promote digital wellness, and hopefully make our roads a bit safer for everyone, including yourself. I really care about this mission, and now I am raising awareness in other ways, including things like this podcast. So after I finished the ride in September, I set out on a road trip this time to meet a bunch of athletes and affiliates, like Pat Foster, of Max's Tires. And if you don't know Max's Tires, they make fabulous tire products for any wheeled vehicle check out maxistires.com they are fabulous and just a great company supporting a cause like this during this road trip i got to meet 21 maxis related folks including pat foster just going to keep saying pat foster's name because he's a great guy and he pat foster lives in mammoth lakes or in the region of mammoth lakes california He works at the Mammoth Airport, but is also a moto tester and a host of the Swap Moto Live show. Um, Really interesting story that he has, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, Again, I don't like to speak for whoever is on the show, so I'm going to let him do the talking. But if you have questions, comments, concerns... Regardless, please stick around to the end of the show. You'll get a preview for who's going to be next, and we'll talk to you then. Enjoy the show and my conversation with Pat Foster. Hey, my name is Pat Foster. I'm from Bishop, California. I've lived here my whole life. We're uh, we're here in Mammoth, where I've worked the last 24 years, and um, you know, on the on the on the motocross side, I work with Swap Moto Live. I'm a senior test rider, and uh, very very fortunate to be able to do what I do. How did you get involved with Swap Moto and dirt bikes generally? Well, I raced Supercross professionally as a as a kid. I, I turned pro when I was 17 and uh, raced Supercross the Nationals for, I don't know, four or five years or so. And then uh, kind of had a break where I wasn't really doing anything. I'd, I'd got my job here at the airport and uh, how I started working with swaps, pretty funny story actually, just kind of dumb luck. I, uh, my best friend at the time worked for Swap Moto. Actually it was Transworld Motocross back then. But uh, he called me and goes, hey, Pat, come down and go riding with me. I'm, I'm testing some bikes at Paris. And Husqvarna had a big test set up. This was before the, the KTM buyout. And a bunch of guys had flown over from Italy for this test. They had like seven bikes lined up. And I was just, I was just riding and hanging. And my buddy Ryan was going to do all the testing. And uh, he got hurt on the first lap, broke his ankle or something. And so there's all these guys standing there going, well, now what? And so... Uh, Ryan goes, hey, Pat, do you mind riding these bikes for me? I'm like, yeah, man, I just thought I was at Disneyland. That would be amazing. 
So I rode all day and I uh, had a great time. And at the end of the day, he goes, hey, um, could you just give me some bullet points? Uh, I don't think he had a lot of faith in me, right? A lot, most motocross guys aren't, aren't so bright. And uh, he goes, can, can, you, can you give me some bullet points on what you think about these bikes? And I'll, I'll put a story together. I go, well, how, how long of a story are you going to write? Uh, whatever he said, 3,000 words. I went, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you some bullet points. And I just went home and wrote the story. I've been reading dirt bike magazines my whole life. I love that stuff. So I just wrote it and sent it to him. And uh, he loved it and just put it in the magazine without touching it, which was a huge honor for me. I was stoked. And then he went to Don and said, hey, Pat can write. We should, uh, we should have him do this more. And uh, that was it. I mean, just total luck. I just got an opportunity to, to go ride those bikes and ended up writing the story and they liked it. And, and uh, so now Don and I have been working together 20 years, a lot, a lot of years at Transworld and now Swap Moto Live and just uh, so fortunate to be able to do it, right? I, I've, got a, I've got a regular job, I'm, I'm in the office a lot but it just keeps me in the industry and, and going down pretty regularly and hanging with my buddies and go ride new bikes and you, know, you get brand new gear every time you ride and uh, testing the latest and greatest. It's like a dream come true. So you raced pro for four or five years, you said? Yeah, yeah I was kind of chasing the dream, trying to race Supercross and Nationals, and it was tough. It was, it was really hard, you know, coming from Bishop, there was nobody to ride with, nobody to practice with, really hard to get better. And then trying to race Supercross was so gnarly because I, I ride desert sand tracks up here. We didn't have jumps. And back then there was no private Supercross tracks to go ride at. So you go show up to a Supercross and walk on the track and you're looking at the face of a triple and you can't see anything on the other side, have no idea how hard to hit it. Like man, how, what do I what do I do with this? It was uh, it was it was difficult to learn and uh, a lot of injuries and um, you know back then supercross tracks were always different. The, nowadays they're they're pretty uniform. The triples are always the same size. The pitch is always about the same on the jumps and that wasn't like that back then. And so we had a lot of guesswork and uh, I guessed wrong a lot. <laughs> a lot of injuries. But uh, yeah, I, I raced Supercross for about four years, and uh, man, amazing life experiences. It was it was it was really cool. And then, so did you transition pretty immediately from like when you stopped racing Supercross into this job here at the airport? Yeah. So th that was just another interesting opportunity that came up. Um, my my business partner now, uh, he was a dirt bike enthusiast. He had moved up from Southern California and was putting this deal together to take over the airport services here in Mammoth. I was, I was racing Supercross and I just saw him at the practice track and he'd come down and ride in between me meetings and stuff. And he and I really hit it off, just became good buddies and uh, really a successful, smart, uh, the smartest guy I've ever met. And uh, just so meticulous in the way he does everything. I was just, I was just super impressed with him and he was impressed with me and my work ethic and we became friends and at the time I had a ride with Suzuki and um, things things didn't go as well as I'd hoped I ended up losing my Suzuki ride and I ended up coming up and and talking to my partner here and saying hey I, I still want to race Supercross um, 
these are the races that I want to do. These are my goals. Here's what I'm doing and kind of put together a program. And he goes, yeah, um, basically gave me a credit card and said, use this for gas, get to the races, um, pay entry fees with it and uh, make sure that there's two tickets waiting for me at every stadium. And so he'd fly to Seattle or Minneapolis, Dallas, Houston and uh, Phoenix, come watch me race. We just became really good buddies. And like I said, I was really impressed with him. And as the injuries piled up and it just became clear that, hey, this probably isn't going to work out for me. I just started really working him a lot going, hey, I don't I don't care what I'm doing. I just want to be around you. I just want to watch you. I just want to learn from you. Uh, like I said, really successful guy, really impressive. And uh, like, hey, I, don't, I don't care if I'm sweeping hangers. I'm going to work for you. And I just basically told him, I'm, 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 I'm going to work for you. And um, so my, my last Supercross race was in Houston. I uh, went out and practiced and cased the triple jump. Didn't even crash, but just hit so hard it broke both my ankles. And uh, When you say cased, what does that mean? So I just, I just came up a little bit short on the jump. And so one tire's on one side, one tire's on the landing, one tire's on the transition this side. And so the cases of the engine hit. So you really don't utilize much suspension. So it's like falling, you know, 40 feet out of the air, landing on your feet, basically. And yeah, I just broke both my legs. And so I, I rode over to the mechanics area, told my mechanic, hey, we're, we're out, and uh, rode out of the stadium. And that was it. And uh, I, called, I called my partner shortly after that, and I go, hey, I just broke both my legs. He wasn't at that race, which was unusual. Um, but I go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done racing. I, I just, I want to come to work with you. I want to be around you. I want to learn from you. And so um, he goes, yeah, you know what, bud? As soon as you can walk, uh, come see me at the airport and I'll, you know, figure out a spot for you. So yeah, that's, that's how, that's how that started. And that was almost 24 years ago. And uh, man, I've loved, loved every minute of it. What do you like about working here and being in this industry? You know, so I, I'm not an airplane guy. Like people go, oh, you've been at the airport 24 years. You must love airplanes. No, I, I hate airplanes. I get airsick. They're, they're miserable. I was going to try to get my pilot's license for a while. Um, and I, I, I love the idea of it. It sounds like fun, but man, I get airsick. And um, so, no, I, I, I got some amazing customers and hangar owners that we deal with. That, Pat, let me take you for a flight. No, nah, man, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. But, you know, just like we were talking about with my, with my partner, you always want to surround yourself with successful people, positive influences in your life. And if you own an airplane, a jet, even, even, a, even a little single engine airplane, whatever you do, you're really good at it. You're, you're successful in life. You, you, know, you know how to succeed. And so all day, every day, we're just dealing with very, very successful, smart business people. And uh, so it's just amazing to be around them. Um, you know, we, we deal with airplanes. I make my money selling fuel, uh, but we're really in hospitality. You know, it's just, it's just making the customers feel welcome. It's making them feel valued. And basically we provide anything that they want. Um, we, uh, re really try to love on them, make their life easy, help them enjoy their vacation. And so I, I, I like that a lot. People are always really excited to get here. And, uh, when they leave, it's clear that they've had a great time in Mammoth skiing, snowboarding, hiking, mountain biking, fishing. We're, we're close to Yosemite. I mean, there's just so much to do here. Um, 
it's hard to not enjoy watching people enjoy their vacations, building, building memories with their families and their friends and very, very rewarding place to be. What's the balance now between working here and doing work with Swap Moto? Kind of the kind of the perfect balance. I mean, I, I I'm a I'm a partner in the company now. I own I own the deal. My partner, he's uh, he's an amazing partner. But pretty much leaves me alone. He's been to the airport, you know, a few times in the last ten years. Um, type of situation where, if I need him, I could call him right now and he'd be on the phone with me for two hours if I needed it. Otherwise, he leaves me alone, and lets me do my thing, which is great. And having the freedom of being the owner is awesome. But as most business owners will tell you, you're here a lot, right? Especially in the wintertime, I'm, I'm here a ton. So it's hard for me to break away to go test bikes or something in the winter. I, I work here almost every day. But fortunately, new bikes come out, which is mostly what I, mostly the type of work that I do for Swap is testing the new bikes. And so generally they're coming out and May, June, July, August, which are slower times for me here, and it, it, I'm able to break away. And so uh, I'll go down and test bikes for a day or two with Swap, and it's just enough to where, I mean, dirt bikes are my passion. It's my life, I love it. But if it was my full-time job, you know, people, you kind of get jaded, right? You start to, it starts to become work, and that, that's not the case for me. I do, I do just enough of it to where it's still amazing for me. I'm always excited every time Swap calls and says, hey, I need you to come test this new bike. And, uh, but not so much that it wears on me. So it's, it's, a, it's a perfect balance. And, and uh, it, like I said, keeps me in the industry, keeps me, you know, I'm able, to, I'm able to call folks like our buddies at Bell and say, hey, I need a new helmet. And they'll send me helmets or Scott goggles or, or uh, you know, Maxxis. I need tires for my mountain bike, um, but I've got the security of a, of a totally separate outside the industry job. So yeah, just really, really fortunate to have both. What's uh, like, walk me through like a, a typical test ride. Like what are things that you're do? Like what's, how long are you riding for? What are the things that you're noting and so, watching for? Yeah, so here's, here's kind of a behind the scenes of when a new bike comes out. Like, like for instance, we just got back from Florida we, went to, we flew into Tallahassee to test the new 2023 Yamaha, which is an all-new bike. And when, when the manufacturers have an all-new bike, they really put a lot of effort into the introductions. The, it's a press introduction, right? So we're there with other media outlets, which is fun. These are all guys that I grew up racing with. So it's, it's uh, you know, going on a vacation with my buddies to go ride some cool bikes. So they'll use, generally when you show up, they'll go through what, what the changes are on the bike. Hey, here's, here's what's new, here's why we did it, here's what you know, we think we accomplished by making these changes, uh, which is always really interesting to hear the engineer's thoughts behind the bike. Then they'll give us our bike and we'll go take beauty shots of it, right? Take, take photos for the magazine, or, or in this case now, uh, social media and the, and the website. Take a lot of photos of the bike before it's dirty uh, showcasing the new stuff. And then uh, we go out and get photos. So you get on the bike, you've got, like I said, brand new, brand new gear. While the bike's clean and the, and the gear is clean, you go try to get some really cool photos, uh, you know, big jumps, some whips, uh, cool corners, which is always a little hard because first thing in the morning, you're on a bike that you've never ridden 
uh, you're not warmed up, you're, you know, stiff boots and, you know, new stuff. And it's like, hey, go hit this 90 foot jump and throw a big old whip on, you know, on this bike that you're not familiar with. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting sometimes, but we'll go out and get photos and then we'll come in and, and change cameras and stuff. And then they'll get video of me riding the bike. And uh, so we'll, we'll compile some media for that. And then it's just time on the bike riding laps, really working on corners, working on jumps, seeing how the suspension works, how the bike handles, how it corners, how's the motor feel, is it better than last year, is it worse, where is it good, what is it missing, and then we'll sit down very similar to this and talk about the bike and kind of recap what the changes were and then kind of really get into the feel on the track how we liked it, what we didn't like, what could use improvement, what changes did we make? Hey, we, need, we needed to adjust this on the suspension. We changed the sag height uh, and kind of give people an idea of if you were buying this bike, well, one, should you buy this bike? Is it good? Is it better? How does it compare to some of the others? But also if you do, these are some of the things that we think would help with your setup. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the day. And then when we had Transworld Motocross Magazine, we'd go back and write a story about it. Uh, and then they also put together a video of clips of the bike, clips of us riding, clips of us talking about it. And uh, so that's kind of how that process works. Once we've done that for all of the bikes, and, and like I said, we went, we went back to Florida for this Yamaha because it's an all new bike, but if the bike hasn't changed, they don't spend that much money and, and use that many resources to introduce a new bike. We'll just, we'll go to Glen Helen. Hey, here's your, here's your bike. It's minor changes from last year. So, uh, but once we've collected all of the bikes, then we'll do a shootout where we get them all together. We get six, six different riders of varying abilities and sizes and ages and things. And we'll test all the bikes back to back, which is really telling. Like you get off a Honda and get onto a Yamaha and then Yamaha to a Kawasaki and then back to a Honda and then do a Husqvarna or KTM or Suzuki. You can really feel the differences in the bikes and what works good and what you like and what you don't like. And then each of us take, a, take our time telling, uh, we do a video like this. Uh, here's what I like the best. Here's why. And so people can go, hey, you know what? I ride similar to Pat. I can kind of relate to his style, his speed, you know, his weight, these types of things. Um, gosh, it seems like maybe that's the, the bike or the, you know, the top two bikes that I should consider buying. And uh, you know, we might have a 60 year old, 230 pound vet novice that kind of goes through what he liked and why. And people could go, oh, I kind of relate more to this guy. Maybe you know, this bike's better for me. So that's um, kind, of, kind of a synopsis of, of what we do. With all of this and also your work here, what's your involvement with social media and kind of promoting the, the work that you're doing? So I, uh, I, I, I tell Don all the time, hey, I need you to send me a lot of photos and I need you to send me clips because I'm, I'm up here in Mammoth and Bishop. I'm not at Paris every week and I'm not at Glen Helen every week and I'm not seeing all the guys. So, I, I need to post a lot here just to stay relevant in the in the industry, right? People don't see you for a few weeks or a month or two months. And, and like I said, in the, in the wintertime, 
uh, I, I don't get out to ride a lot. So, so I, I try to gather as much content as I can when I'm down riding and testing, because uh, I, I, I post a lot so people don't forget about me. <laughs> it's easy to get forgotten up here. What do you like? What's your experience with it? Do you enjoy that side of things? And also, what's your, what's your consumption side of social media? Well, you know what? I I, I enjoy I enjoy posting. I enjoy uh, seeing my buddies' posts. Um, you know, I, I it's definitely uh, a line there that uh, man, people are people are on their phones too much. Right, it, it's um, it's a it's a it's a problem, and uh, you know I, I tell my wife and my kids and my buddies all the time. I'm so glad that I grew up in the '90s when this wasn't really a thing. You know, it, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think had I had social media been available, it would have been a lot easier for me to get sponsors and to get help. Being up here, you know, I could have been in their eye a little bit more and and been. People could have been a little more aware of me, but you know it was great being outside and just riding bikes and riding dirt bikes and uh, not glued to your phone all the time. You know, it's 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 there's it's necessary in some ways. Like I said, it helps me stay relevant, but man, um, you can get sucked into it. It could eat up a lot of your time. Do you find that there are moments where? it's eating up your time and you kind of come to and realize that or not so much? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's cold up here. And so, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm sitting there by the fire and it, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in stories and stuff. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I, I could be doing something else. I mean, it might be too cold outside right now to go, to go pedal or go riding, but man, I could go to the gym. I could pick up a book. I could do something that that's going to either help me when I go test bikes, I could be in better shape. Or I can, uh, you know, do some reading, so I'm a little bit more uh, prepared for my for my job here. You know, a little bit more in tune. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. And how, like, in those moments where you realize, like, oh, I could be doing something like that. What's keeping you on your phone? Like, what's pulling you in? You know, I, I don't know. It's 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 addictive, right? I I'll just I'll just be scrolling through stories. They have nothing to do with anything, but you're just kind of curious, right? Like, hey, what's the next one? Hey, what's the next one? And uh, I, funny some, I, I follow some pretty funny sites and, and a lot of dirt bike sites. And of course, you know, my, my buddies that ride dirt bikes, they've all got good sense of humor and, and we're all doing the same thing. That's fun. So it's fun to see what they're doing and what they're up to. And it does, it does help bring the world closer together, right? You see friends that you might not see a lot and it kind of feels like you're you're following their lives a little bit more, but um, you know it, it's it's kind of a drag when we go out to dinner and I've got my phone out because I'm doing something and I look up and my kids have their phones out and my wife has her phone out and you kind of glance around the restaurant and it's like wow nobody's talking everybody's got their phone out that's the, that's not healthy. How old are your kids and how many do you have? I've got two daughters and uh, I've got a, one's 21 and one's 19. Okay, so it's not like they're in middle school, but when did they get their first phone? Oh, you know what? They got their phones early because my wife and I were working a lot and we, we, we wanted to be able to get in touch with them, right? We wanted, we wanted to be able to keep an eye on my kids and, and uh, fortunately I had amazing, amazing kids. They never got in trouble for anything. I, 
I don't know that there's anything necessarily that we did, but we've got a really good relationship with them and and uh, uh, got them phones not to screw around on, but because we cared and we wanted to be able to get in touch with them if we needed them for anything or they needed us. So they got them early. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, they're, they are 20-year-old girls, so they're on their phone a lot. Um, but I, I don't know if it's worse than anybody else or not. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So based on, uh, obviously, they're, they're adults and they make their own decisions now, what's it, what are your observations of their use of their phones? And does it seem like it, when they're on their phone that affects their interactions with you or general demeanor? It, yeah, it does. It does. They're on their phones a lot. Um, and, and I would say doing dumb things that don't matter, right? Just looking at Snapchat or looking at, at Instagram or those types of things. So, no, I don't think they're doing anything that productive when when they're on and of course you lose some of that interaction when when they're staring at their phone yeah it's um it's a it's a distraction what are some things that you find in your life that help you come back to what actually makes you happy like away from your phone when are you kind of getting a breath of fresh air maybe literally Yep. And how about for your wife and your daughters? So, so Don got me into mountain biking. And even though I live in like one of the best places to mountain bike on earth, I never got that into it. When I was training to race, I was riding on the road a lot. And uh, you and I talked before we got started, I, Mammoth's it's, uh, this airport's at 7,000 feet and I live at 4,500. So it's straight up from there to here. And I used to ride up the, the highway a lot uh, to, to train, but I was on the highway. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a quality mountain bike. And back in the 90s, they weren't that great anyway. So I'd ride some of the trails off and on. It just wasn't that interesting to me. The bike was kind of a pile. As bikes evolved, Swap got into it, and he's like, Pat, you got to do this. This is super fun. And he kind of forced me into getting a bike. And now, maybe the last five years, gosh, I'd ride every single day if I could. And I, I love riding my mountain bike. We've got amazing, amazing trails to ride in Bishop. And I mean, it's my goal to get at least an hour in every day. And it's just, I just feel so much better about life. I feel less stressed. I feel, you know, you eat better. When you're, when you're getting out and getting some exercise and getting some fresh air, and uh, when I'm working on things here at work, I've got challenges at work, I've got a big meeting coming up, I've got negotiations coming up, man, I, my best, clearest thinking is when I'm out pedaling. Like, I get my best ideas, my, my best strategies, uh, everything becomes so clear to me, and um, I just can't even believe that there was a time in my life when I wasn't mountain biking every day. And... Uh, like I said, the guys at Maxis are great to me. Their tires are amazing. And uh, on these mountain bike trails, and my, my bike is amazing, specialized. We, we work with specialized at uh, Swap Moto. And uh, it, like, it just everything works good, everything feels good, and you can kind of turn your brain off. You're not even thinking about pedaling or riding. Just, just get lost in your thoughts. And uh, I, I, I love that. I love that. And in fact, I, I got a a specialized Levo, a, a pedal assist bike for my wife so that she could come ride with me. Because frankly, if she's riding a regular bike and I'm riding a regular bike, 
we try to go ride together. Neither, neither of us are having fun, right? It's, it's a drag for both of us. But on the, on the Levo, she can get out and ride with me and, and uh, we can both have a good time. And you can just see it in her, in her attitude, in her demeanor, and how she's feeling about herself. You get out and, and pedal and get some fresh air and get some exercise, it's just, it's just good for the soul. Totally. Yeah, yeah, so as a cyclist, I mean, it sounds like you do mostly ride on trails, but you've done some road riding. So talk to me about distracted drivers and your experience with them. So, you know what? Growing up here in Bishop and Mammoth area, I didn't have any local dirt bike races. Local to me was Carson City or Fernley, and that's three and a half hours, four hours to go race up there. But that was my, that was, those were my local tracks. And I had a buddy that I grew up with named Freddie Weekers, who uh, turned pro a couple of years after me, really promising young man and a uh, re really good rider. And uh, he got killed by a, a distracted driver. Obviously cell phones weren't prominent then, but you could be distracted by anything, right? Eating your fries from, from Jack in the Box or something. And I don't know exactly what the scenario was, but, but uh, Freddie died at like 18, 19, tra tragic deal. And uh, we were a really close community up there. And um, yeah, that was, that was devastating. And uh, yeah, something is on my mind. Like I said, when I was, when I was training a lot, I was riding, I was riding a kind of a street-based mountain bike, but on the road and uh, semis would pass me way too close. And, you know, fortunately I never had any, any too close of calls, but man, it's always on your mind. You can hear them coming. I'm like, man, I hope this person's paying attention. But m more recently, I've got, I've got a couple Harleys that I ride and riding from Bishop to Mammoth is, is a beautiful ride and there's not a lot of traffic, but there's deer and there's, there's things to be concerned about. And, I'm constantly checking my mirrors and doing the thing because you never know when, you know, 18-year-old girl's behind you and she's texting and, and can hit you. And both of my daughters have shown interest in riding and, hey, dad, we'd like to get a bike of our own. And they've ridden street bikes and they know they, they, they have their licenses. But, um, man, that's something that's on my mind a ton because you could be doing everything right. And... Uh, get killed so easily you know and I, I just don't know if my daughters have enough wherewithal to be checking their mirrors and watching behind them as much as they're watching in front of them and to the sides and it's just one of those things that I just haven't been comfortable pulling the trigger on getting them bikes because like man you guys could be doing everything right and all it takes is somebody not paying attention and uh that's it there's no there's no there's no do-overs right yeah um how does how does your experience on the road and just with with Freddie and everything, how does that affect your approach to driving when you're actually in your car? Oh, you know what? So my wife, obviously she gets it, but I, I think she rolls her eyes at me a little bit. When I, when I come up to pass somebody on bikes, I'll go all the way over in the other lane. I give them, you know, it's not like three feet. I give them 10. Like, hey guys, I've been where you're at. I respect what you're doing. Uh, you don't have to worry about me. You know, it, it, I, I definitely pay a lot of attention and try to be over courteous just so people aren't, aren't concerned or worried and, and uh, just so they know that people are paying attention. Hopefully the car behind me and the car behind them 
sees me swing way wide and, you know, does something similar. How about with distractions in the car? You know, it's, look, it's technology keeps growing. There's more and more of it in your car. You know, I've got a brand new truck and it's amazing the type of things that it can do on the screen and stuff. And it's, it's, it's hard to not get distracted, um, especially on long drives. And, uh, but man, it's it's so important. You just never you just never know. You just never know. And you look down for one second, and there's somebody walking on the side of the road. You, there's no there's like I said, there's no second chances on that. Do you find that you're tempted or have found yourself like using your phone when you're driving, despite knowing all of this? Oh, a- absolutely. You're always tempted, right? You you always think that things that are going on are important. You know, I'm driving down. When I get in the car to go test bikes, it's always a five or six hour drive. And I've got, I've got a pretty significant role that I play here at the airport. So I'm always getting calls or I'm getting texts or I'm getting emails and things. And I'm trying to take care of things while I'm out of the office. And so, yeah, it's, it's very tempting and it's hard to, it's, it's hard to manage that. I, fortunately, my wife likes to go with me a lot. And she works here at the airport with me, so she knows the types of things that we're doing and what I'm working on at the time. And so I'll often hand her the phone and say, hey, can you text this person back or can you answer this email? Here's what I want you to say. Um, so, yeah, that that is helpful. But, yeah, it's it's a it's difficult. It's difficult to not get distracted or be um, tempted to try to get some work done while you're really, you really shouldn't be. Right. Um, what are some, what, what would you say to, or I guess what's a, what's going to be a step forward for um, the rest of the country that maybe doesn't have the same appreciation for cyclists or other users of the road or just other cars and the risks associated with being distracted? You know, that's a tough one because, and this is going to sound horrible, but usually people don't care until something really bad happens close to them, right? I, I mean, you, it, they could hear all the stories on, in the world about a cyclist getting clipped or somebody walking on the sidewalk getting clipped or something by a distracted driver, but until it happens to you and you know somebody, um, gosh, it, it just doesn't seem to make much of an impact, right? Because peop, you know people are aware of the problems. People have heard the stories, but every red light you pull up to, you look over at the person next to you and they're doing something with their phone, right? So I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I certainly hope that we can figure out a solution so that it doesn't take somebody close to that person getting hurt, injured, killed um, to make an impact. But uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing because somebody needs to do something. Right, yeah, and it's, it's, we got a long way to go if everyone has to have a personal experience with with distracted driving, also the amount of injuries and lives lost. It's horrible. Now and then. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, and it's sad to think about. I just, frankly, I don't know. I don't know what else can be done to educate folks. I think we need to keep trying. Um, it's absolutely worth it. But um, you know, the amount of distracted driving is, is it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. One thing that's been surprising during this project is um, usually I bring up the, the driving focus feature on your phone. Mm-hmm. And do, do you know what that is? I do. Do you I use do. it? I do. I do. 
And you know what? We, we've got some, like I told you, we, we bought our, our daughter's phones uh, young, but we've got, we've got like Life 360 on our phone. So we all know where each other are at at any time. So if my girls are on a trip, we could see, oh, the girls are driving, they're going along. But some, there's some pretty cool features on there where you could see how fast they went, uh, if there was distracted driving, hard acceleration, hard braking. And that's kind of cool. We could say, hey, you know, what was going on here? What, what happened? Um, just kind of help, not so much trying to get anybody in trouble or anything, but like just giving them some guidance. Hey. Life, Life 360, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it, it tells you, it, like if I bring it up right now, it'll show me my wife's at home, my daughters are at home, I'm at work, but it'll show my last drive, how long it took me to get here, how fast I went, if there was any hard acceleration or hard braking or anything, which kind of indications that, you know, I wasn't paying attention or something was wrong. So, um, and my, and my, my kids love it when I'm driving, they could, Hey, I haven't heard from dad in a while. Rather than calling me, they could just click the button on their phone and go, Oh yeah, he's, you know, in Atlanta and he's going 35 miles through town, 35 miles an hour through town. And it's, um, it's pretty helpful. Is that geared, to, it's geared towards families or is it? You know what, anybody, anybody yeah. can, can be on it. Yeah, you can kind of create a group of, of uh, people that you're close to that you want to, you know, know where, where, where they're at and what's going on and if they're good. Uh, it's really helpful for me when I'm mountain biking. You know, my wife can see that I'm moving. Hey, Pat's going seven miles an hour up the hill or whatever. Because I've, uh, you know, like everybody, I've crashed the mountain bike. I'm out in the middle of nowhere by myself. You know, I've taken some naps out there, and uh, you know, so it can help you help 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 her find me if something really bad happened. But um, yeah, it's 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 a pretty helpful app. Um, so you're in the the small percentage of the population that I've talked to uh, that uses or that was using before we talked the the driving focus feature. Do you? Yep. What's been your experience with it? And do you use the? Um, the auto reply feature on it? Or no, I, I, I haven't. Um, you know, I just, it's, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I think that, look, I get in my car and I, I pull out of my, I, I pull off my street and I'm driving up here. I get a mile out of town and I set the cruise control and I'm on the cruise until I get to work. And it, I mean, my drives are pretty uneventful. So it's, it's, uh, it's not something that, you know, it, it, that I've needed to utilize much. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, like I said, my, my, my stuff's pretty uneventful. And, and as far as distracted driving, like I said, when I, when, I need to, when I need to send a text or an email or something, usually my wife's with me. Like I said, she works with me. It's unusual that she didn't come to work with me today. So I kind of have a co-pilot. Um, so while we we, um, we just haven't haven't it really hasn't been a big part of my life, which is great, and it's great that you have a co-pilot, especially yeah. on those longer drives when you have more time to think of things or people that you want to reach out to or more texts coming through. Yeah, sure, sure, yep. And and I noticed as you and I were texting, it always popped up that that you were driving, your notifications were on sleep, and. Uh, I, I appreciated that. I appreciate yeah, that. You'll get, a, you'll get back to me when you can get back to me. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the whole point is it can all wait. Yep. You're most likely going to be okay if you were distracted while you're driving, but 
you don't you never know and you don't want to take the risk that that one percent event is going to happen now I, I i couldn't even imagine if i hurt or injured somebody like can you can you even imagine living with yourself if you if you hit a, a bicycle rider because you're looking down at your phone and it doesn't even have to be a phone it could like i said it could be reaching for your bag of fries or i mean devastating devastating i don't know you can come back from that yeah i i don't think you really can no no um, yeah so the goal is to help people avoid a situation like that where they learn the lesson that way yep yeah absolutely um so uh Talk to me about when you're, we kind of talked about when you are most free from distractions. When are you happiest? Like, what are you doing? Oh, definitely riding a dirt bike or riding my mountain bike. Um, you know what, it, even, even uh, my wife and kids have a bunch of dogs. I'm not, I'm not really a dog guy, but we've, we've, got, we've got four dogs and they're, they're great. They're, they're, they're fine, but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy taking them out for walks and we've, we live really close to a canal and I'd load the dogs up in the back of the truck and just going out and walking and just, you know what, get, getting fresh air and getting a little exercise and, and uh, a little bit of quiet and away from the phones and away from the emails and away from the work and the stuff. Uh, there's just nothing like getting a little exercise, getting some fresh air and clearing your mind. Like that's, that's, that's absolutely when I'm, when I'm happiest. Just said, if I, I could be walking, I could be going for a run, riding the mountain bike, riding the dirt bike. That's, uh, I, I wish I had more of that. And I get a lot. I, I make sure I get a lot, but you could always, you could always use more. Absolutely. <laughs> um, there was a study that came out last year, I believe, that said that uh, the average American will spend about five years of their life on social media over the course of their life. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to hear what your reaction was. It's not surprising. Um, no, it's not surprising at all. I think it's sad. I think it's, I think it's, terrible and look i'm guilty of looking at it probably way more than i should but um but uh no i i absolutely believe that and i i think that that number's probably correct i i was shocked at first when i saw it and then they broke it down to like how much time it is actually per day and it's yep. only like 90 minutes or so sure so yep. it becomes way more believable yeah 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 i i, I totally believe that I blame people like my buddy Swap for putting good content on that's funny, and it's, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing him. But well, he does have a, good, a lot of good stuff that I like to follow, and it just feels like, feels like I'm with him every day, and then it, it leads to conversations like, hey, man, that mountain bike jump you did was gnarly, and you know, then he'll call and tell me about it and stuff, and we'll talk. And, you know, so there's some great things about it where it does bring you closer to your buddies that you know, we've got you know, five hours in between us. But, um, but no, there's definitely a line of, Hey, this is too much. It's too much. Right. It's about getting the the balance. Yeah. And that's I think it comes with awareness and appreciation for the things away from your phone, which it, yeah. I think you have a, a strong appreciation for. Well, and look, you're doing great things right now, and you're reaching out to people through this medium, right? I mean, it does do great things. It's like, hey, we're bringing awareness to put your phone down a little bit, but how are you going to reach people? through your phone, right? So there's, there's great things that come from it in moderation. And so, yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping people enjoy these interviews that you're doing and I appreciate what, what you're doing. I think it's a great idea and that's why I wanted to be a part of it. Um, but 
hey, if you're looking for the best way to reach people, unfortunately, this is kind of the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, so, that's how I got in touch with most of these people. I mean, you responded to the email, yeah. which was great, but a lot of these people are not looking at email because they're sure. riding their bikes <laughs> and looking at Instagram, you know? So you Instagram bet. messaging was the you was bet. a really effective way. Um, just to wrap up, what would you, what's some advice you would give to a young person who's trying to chase a dream or do, follow a career path that they really want to, but they feel pressure from parents, school, peers, uh, to do something in the opposite direction? You know, nothing replaces hard work. Hard work and, and being honest and being honorable. You know, these, these, are, these are some of the words that I use, that my, my, my partner and I use. Honor, honor is a big one. Doing what you say you're gonna do. Um, but nothing, nothing replaces hard work. And, um, that's one of our, my mottos with my, with my partner. Like I said, he, he's the smartest guy I've ever met. And he only, he, he didn't graduate high school. Uh, when I got done racing dirt bikes, uh, Dave McCoy, who founded Mammoth Mountain, he had sponsored me when I was younger and he pulled me aside one time. He goes, Hey, listen, I, 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 I enjoyed helping you out. Um, I was hoping that you're going to make it big and, you know, make millions and do the whole thing. Now that I understand that you're quitting racing and it, it hasn't worked out, I'm big on education and I'd like to send you to college. You tell me where you want to go and I'll take care of it. It's like, wow, what an amazing opportunity. But it, it didn't appeal to me. It wasn't where I wanted, it wasn't where I was at. And I had this opportunity to work with my partner and I, and I went to him and I said, look, Dave just offered me this. What, what do you think? And he's like, hey, that's an amazing offer. And uh, if you want it, you should take that. And if, and if it, it's, it's meant to be that we work together later, they'll always have a spot for you. But Pat, I didn't go to school. Our other business partner who ran a Fortune 500 company didn't go to school. Like, hey, we can teach you all this stuff. If you know how to work hard and you're honest and you show up and you, and you, you know, we, that was our, always our motto. Hey, we're going to outwork them. You can do anything you want. And uh, I, I, my, my advice would be find a good mentor that, um, that's willing to work with you and help you and give you some guidance and uh, pursue your dreams. Pursue your dreams. You never know, you never know what opportunities are gonna come up. Be ready, be prepared, and uh, man, you can do anything you want. Sweet. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for you. I hope that this has a huge impact, I, and uh, I hope you save some lives. Thank you. Well, you're, you're playing a big role in it, so thanks for your time and being excited to do it. I, I appreciate it. Happy to do it. Cool. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Well, there you have it. That was Pat Foster. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with him. It was a cold morning, but he had a nice warm space in his office right next to the runway at Mammoth Lakes Airport, and it was sunny and cozy in there. He's a great guy. just loved chatting with him and hearing his background and his experience. 
If you're new to the show, uh, make sure you subscribe to Eyes Up Life wherever you are listening to this now, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Eyes Up Ride on Instagram as well as Maxis Tires on Instagram. Every two weeks, there's a new video with the person on this podcast. They come out two days before this comes out, and they're pretty interesting. They're short, sweet beautifully produced and hopefully informative for you so go check that out it's in my feed eyes up ride on instagram also on youtube maxis tires check them out and we still have 14 of these to go or 13 i'm not sure where we're at right now stay tuned in two weeks we have wyatt and landon brown a father-son combo coming at us from skeedy oklahoma It was a new place for me, new state for me, and a great time. So we'll see you next time. I appreciate you being here. would love to hear your feedback, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.